Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth. That's me, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. I am very excited to share today's conversation, especially for everyone with a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, because I'm talking with one of my favorite wellness experts and business owners. This summer, I have been trying to read a little bit more. Actually, my goal is to finish at least one book this summer, and there's always so many I want to read, and so I was trying to take some recommendations from a friend, and they said The War of Art was a good book to read, and Joe Rogan also recommends it to his guest and also to his friends. So I'm going to try to get that done this summer. Fingers crossed I can accomplish that goal. And I would love to know what you guys are reading this summer. If there's anything that you recommend or that you have found very interesting, send it my way. And if you are really, really into a quick, fun, and exciting read, I would love for you to check out my book. I'm Registered Dietitian. Now what? It's fast, it's simple, and it's very inspiring for any place you are in your dietitian career. It could be at the beginning, it could be in the middle, you could be getting into that business entrepreneurial place. So please check it out. You can find it on my website, annelizabethardy.com, or you can download it on iTunes and Amazon. I am always excited to share some of the things I love each week, including Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, because it is one of my favorite foods, as you all know. I ate a whole bag of it last night by myself. Yes, I can do that. And not only do I get whole grains, but I get a satisfying healthy snack or dinner in my case. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com for more information and money-saving coupons. What I'm also loving right now is actually sitting on my countertop, anxiously awaiting my tea to brew. And I can then set it on top and the caramel inside of my Dalman Stroopwaffle will start to melt and it'll become soft and delicious. Dalman's is a family-owned Dutch bakery group and the leading Stroopwaffle baker in the world. They are made with only natural ingredients, baked into the dough, and I'm so excited to share them with you over the airwaves and also with my guest. Today is a great conversation with registered dietitian and my friend, Tanya Hargrave-Klein. When I moved to the Des Moines area about nine years ago, I started working with a project involving wellness interventions at elementary schools in the Des Moines area, and I was a contractor with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics Foundation. The project had a group of registered dietitians providing the education to the students, and this is where I met the wonderful Tanya. Tanya and I worked together on this project for a couple years, and we connected really well during that time. We have somewhat kind of stayed in contact over the years until recently when we started working together again with the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Tanya has always inspired me because when I met her, she was an entrepreneur and had her own business, Tavi Health Incorporated. The tagline of her business is the best. Tavi Health is your partner in wellness and health promotion, combining the resources of an exercise physiologist and registered dietitian a therapeutic recreation specialist, and a quirky creative director, we develop unique and innovative wellness incentive campaigns. If you are thinking of starting your own business, this is a must listen, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tanya. Well, I'm so glad you would take time out of your day today to talk with me, but I kind of wanted just to tap into you and just okay. kind of talk a little bit about how you got started. When did you have your aha moment that you wanted to be a registered dietitian? Hmm. I fell into dietetics very by chance. Um, I was at the University of Wisconsin-Madison going to school, and it is very cold there in the winter. <laughs> how cold does it get? It, it, it felt like, I don't know, it probably was not 20 below, but it felt like it the really? day I had to register. Mm-hmm. And that was before we used computers. So, now so you I'm had to physically myself. go. <laughs> yes. And the class that I wanted to take 
was closed because I was a freshman and got la- you know we had to register mm-hmm. after everybody else and so I literally looked on my little map of where the closest class was so I didn't have to walk outside very long <laughs> and it was <laughs> nutrition <laughs> and so I here I am a business major I went and signed up for nutrition really and within oh I'd say two weeks of starting the class I knew that was it really I didn't mean to fall in love with it but it just clicked it made sense to me it was interesting and that was the start I just I never looked back all because you wanted to find the closest class so you wouldn't get cold <laughs> yeah so I would get frost it was cold I wasn't going any further I could not well and so was there something in the class that kind of got you or no, just it was, overall it was total. I don't think I had had much nutrition in high school classes so it was all new and I, it was just, for whatever reason, it just really interested and engaged my mind. And That's I was, mean. yeah, I was hooked. hooked. There was no going back. So no business major then? No business major. <laughs> so did you end up, is that when you started kind of looking into, did they have that program at the they school? They had dietetics at, at Madison, um, but it's a huge school and um, at that point, freshmen didn't have advisors because they didn't have enough to go around. Really? And so that's really, at that point, I started um, exploring options like, what do you do with this degree? Um, and came to find out that Iowa State really had one of the best programs, programs. in the country and an in-state tuition. Oh, sure. And so within about 12 months, I ended up transferring to Iowa State where then I settled in and and worked with the program yeah so did you just do kind of like your undergrad classes that you could yeah I just took all the gen ed things at Wisconsin as I was kind of making the transition so what took you to Wisconsin was it the business program there no no (laughs) I just I loved the campus I I loved the big school um yeah I mean I loved Madison there was nothing wrong with it um except that Obviously, financially, it was more cost-effective for me to be here. And really, Iowa State had a great program, so it just didn't make sense for me to be somewhere else. Absolutely. So did you get right into the dietetics? I mean, now they actually have to apply to get into the program. That wasn't like that. No, we didn't have to apply at all. Because I went, at that time, they had the CUP program and the internship. And because I was transferring in, it worked out better for me to go the internship route. Okay. So, no, I just fed right into it. And I stayed right on schedule and graduated. You didn't lose in any four. time. No, I graduated in four years. Good for you. And you never wavered. So after no. that, no. So you never got into any dietetics classes and was like, well, I don't know about this. No, I loved all of them. There That's wasn't, great. Okay, maybe tea room I didn't love. <laughs> but I hear consensus <laughs> with tea room on that. <laughs> yeah, but I loved, I liked it. But mm-hmm. I loved all the other classes. Did you, since you were a business, were you science? Did you like science before you kind of went to college? No, I avoided science at all costs (laughs) in high school, my freshman year of college. Um, But again, once I started taking them. You liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It clicked. That's a me. That's a great story. Yeah. So (laughs) thank goodness for cold weather. Sure. Yeah. There is a reason why it happened that way. So you did your intern, you did your undergrad at Iowa State uh-huh. and an internship. Where did you do that at? I did it at St. Louis University. Okay. Um, and I chose, well, I preferenced SLU um, because I was really interested in sports nutrition. Okay. And they claimed to have had a really good sports nutrition program. Um, once I got down there, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. And I loved the internship part. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured I'd finish out grad school there too. Oh, okay. Um, but because it wasn't quite what I was looking for, I did my 10-month internship and graduate classes. Um, but then came, ended up coming back to Iowa State to do my master's in exercise physiology or kinesiology. So you really loved the focus of sports nutrition the most. And- I did, and then did you have classes, like you said, you took grad classes during your internship mm-hmm. too. So were they more focused on that sports nutrition? No. No. So that's they, where the disconnect was. Right. <laughs> they were all primarily MNT classes. Oh. They were great. I really liked them, but it just wasn't what I 
thought it was going to be. Sure. And then, too, I came to find out that at that time, which was 25 years ago, most people practicing in sports nutrition volunteered. Just out of the goodness of their hearts? Yeah. Yes. So that really wasn't going to work for me. Yeah, there probably wasn't a lot of job openings when no. it came to. So did there, so with that internship program, did you get some exposure to the athletics and the teams? No, no not at no. all. Mm-mm. So how did you figure out it was more of a volunteer role? I just, you know, going to conferences, talking to other to other di- most of the dietitians who I was having interactions with that were practicing at all in sports nutrition were all okay I have this full-time job and then I volunteer oh, and do this wow. and that wasn't really what I had in mind sure so, so you went back to Iowa State yeah. kept coming back to Iowa Iowa I didn't you I know <laughs> Um, and then you focused on your grad school in exercise physiology. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, I had already been working in the fitness world. Okay. All during undergrad, I taught group fitness classes. I worked in, um, for the city of Ames in their works at health promotion program, and that really interested me because I liked the marriage of the fitness and the nutrition, and I loved well-being and wellness work. So I was very comfortable in the exercise physiology. It was right up my kind you know. of second nature again yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to um, really dig deep into the um, kinesiology area and get that expertise so that then I had expertise in both nutrition and the fitness world. It's a perfect combination. Yeah, I loved it. So did you see yourself kind of working more in that worksite wellness Aspect yeah, that, of that kind of where your niche was. Yeah, I did. I loved my internship, but I'd say within four weeks of starting it, I was just scratching my head with the MNT. Like it didn't. It just didn't make sense to me that I'm going in to do nutrition counseling with someone who just had bypass surgery. Like I want to be on the front end of this, on the prevention side. That's where I felt like my talent was. And, and kind so, of your passion, it sounds like, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, thank goodness there's people that want to work sure. the MNT, but I wanted to be on the other side. Um, so that's why I thought the worksite wellness was a really great place to be. How did you work through all of your school? I mean, that's a big job, working and going to school like that. It just, I don't know. It didn't seem like I didn't work. have kids, so <laughs> <laughs> everything was a you little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time, money, everything. <laughs> it's amazing how that changes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what, after you got done with your graduate degree, mm-hmm. what, was, what was the next steps for you? I finished my graduate degree on a Friday and started working full-time on a Monday. I was like one of the lucky ones. Wow. Um, and so I went right. I had already worked for the city of Ames all throughout my undergrad, and their... Um, they have a wonderful wellness program for the community. And so I went right in as the supervisor of that program full time. And so I didn't really use my nutrition degree. They didn't care if I had that. But I'd say it got my foot in the door more so than other candidates. I, that was more of a fitness wellness position. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, and I stayed there for four years. So that was my first full time job. What was the programming like? What did you kind of? Yeah, I, I was, um, I coordinated, I think we had, gosh, 85 group fitness classes every week. So I oh had a goodness. full staff. Did you still teach classes to yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> What's your favorite class to teach? Um, you know, this is going to sound odd, but right now in my life, I love teaching my aquatic fitness class and my older adults. That fun. Yeah. yeah, I just at this point in my life, I just have learned so much from those people, and I get, I get more than they get out of the class. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I bet it's probably like a little family. It is. Yeah. It is, and I've learned so much from those folks, and I just enjoy teaching in the pool now, which I wouldn't have said 20 years ago. Sure, would have been something entirely different. But but you're still. That's great that you're still teaching too. That you're still yeah. doing those classes. I think I probably will until. 
I don't know. Until you can't want Yeah. <laughs> until something prevents me from doing it. So you coordinated all the fitness classes and, and personal you taught training. And, pers- and personal training. Did you, did you do any of that as well? No. 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 Okay. I you just, just had. I, I supervised all the trainers and coordinated the programming. So when it came to like certifications besides like your degree, did you have to get any other certifications to I do already, like group fitness or yeah? I already had them though because oh. I had been doing it for so long. So yeah, I had American Council on Exercise certification, American College of Sports Medicine certification. Are those the two that you kind of recommend for people to do? Yeah, yeah. I think they're good broad ones that are recognized by most employers. Because there's so many of them out there. No, And some of them, you know... It's like a nutrition. You can go get a certificate out. online. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not going to do you any good. So, yeah, I recommend those, those are the two, two that you recommend. So you did that for four years. Was it, was it, did it feel like a job or was it something that just was fun? And It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All my jobs have been like that. Have they? Yeah. You've never had a job that you haven't liked? No. That's well, great. maybe detasseling when I was 14. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I think we could all chalk that up to not our favorite job. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Detasseling. That's hilarious. <laughs> Spiders and your hands and sunburns. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Look. Hard work. So what was your next move after four years? Was there just a desire to kind of change or did some opportunity come your way? Well, kind of a combination. I was We were getting ready to... Um, our daughter was born. Okay. And so married and yep, starting mar- a family. I've been married, starting a family. And um, when you, the nature of being a fitness person is that your classes, your programming starts at like 530 in the morning mm-hmm. and goes till eight or nine at night. And so if someone doesn't show up to work, you have you're to getting in. called in. And, um, and so just knowing that wasn't going to work with our family situation. So... Um, the medical center here in Ames was getting ready to open up a medical, medically integrated fitness center in Story City, and they reached out and asked if I'd be interested, so I said, yeah. So you kind of fell into that, too. I huh? did, yeah. And that was, the, that was an amazing seven years with them. So you um, kind of started that program there then. You were... Yeah, person to, to yeah. I opened their medical medically integrated fitness center forum. Got all the programming up and going. Um, we did cardiac rehab there. We did. Sure. Uh, it was open. It was a fitness center that was open to the public, and so kind of a combination. Did you work with like physical therapists then too? We and... had physical therapists on site, so I was working hand in hand with them as patients were being discharged from physical therapy. They'd come to the fitness center, and we'd get them set up on a program there, and. Um, and did you help with the cardiac rehab too? I did. Yes. Yeah. How and was I, that? Um, that was that was something new for me. I was had it? To, um, I worked as the exercise physiology person, not mm-hmm. necessarily because we had dietitians that were already working. Oh, okay, sure. That aspect. So I functioned more as a physiologist. Um, it was challenging um, to learn that different. Kind yeah, of like I had to learn all the cardiac lingo and back to that mnt type exactly stuff. the science <laughs> um, but again that was a challenge and i i welcomed that so yeah i liked cardiac rehab again i felt like i it was a chance to make an impact mm-hmm. on people who really were at a point in their life where they wanted to make changes and they were open to can you support me in this absolutely so. i could see where that environment would be very like pro, like people that come in there are really, yes. really looking to make differences in their health. And yeah. Even so, though it was after the, you know, it's not maybe that it's the preventative for the future after a exactly. severe kind of issue in their health. Yeah. Do you, during that time, did you miss the dietitian aspect? I mean, you never really got that opportunity to. Yeah, I kind of did, but I always tried to work it in. To what you were doing. Yeah, so even if, you know, I wasn't the dietitian for the cardiac rehab program, I still, they knew I was a dietitian, and the patients would talk to me and ask questions. and So it was integrated yeah. in what you were doing. Yeah. You just weren't sitting there counseling. Exactly. Like, by the books type of thing. Exactly. So yeah. you spent seven years doing that. Um, I did. Well, I only stayed in that position for about 
four years. Okay. And then Mary Greeley wanted to um, launch an employee wellness program. Wow. And so I moved over to human resources side and coordinated the launch of an employee wellness program for all their employees. So another pioneer move. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that was really, that was, that was where I was comfortable. Like, this is what I do. This is, I know Back this. Back to kind of where you started. Yeah. When this you were is in school. where I'm grounded. And so, yeah, that was a really great, um, that was a great experience. To How build many employees did they have? They had 1,200 at the time. So quite a few. Yeah, and we had, I think, five locations. Um, so there were challenges. Um, and trying to, you know, tap into the resources the medical center already had. And, uh, you know, sometimes the clinical staff, getting them to buy into it mm-hmm. was a challenge. But it was all good. Did you have a pretty good response from... I guess, like, thinking of, I've worked in, you know, a hospital before, and I always felt like the nurses and the doctors were, like, the worst patients, or, like, the they just were challenging to yeah. build that health connection on a personal level versus mm-hmm. a patient level. They were great with their patients, but themselves, yeah. they just didn't take care of as And that's well. true. I mean... Is that common? They have some of the highest health care claims because we don't... We're caregivers. We mm-hmm. don't take care of ourselves. And so that's really... the That was the foundation of our program was we're here for you. Um, and to start talking and trying to engage them in what was important to them. So a lot of... Especially like the nurses... They didn't want to talk about nutrition. They didn't want to talk about exercise. Their thing was high stress. Mm. You know, they were working long hours. They were working overnights, short staff sometimes, high-intensity situations. Sure. So if we could start to talk about the issues that were important to them, then the well-being program, and then build programming around that, that was what made it successful. So how did you work with that then? Because I guess as as a nutrition professional, I probably wouldn't know mm-hmm. like the whole stress and the whole you know high pressure situation. And- I had I already had a, I mean I had been working in a lot. I had been doing a lot with worksite health promotion already, and doing a lot of my continuing education in that area. Oh, sure. um, and in the fitness world, you kind of bleed out into those areas naturally. So that kind of had already exposed me to it. Um, So it it really wasn't a big leap for me. I mean, at one point I was in charge of the tobacco because we went to a tobacco-free campus. And so I was leading that initiative, you know. (laughs) I didn't know much about tobacco cessation, but I could learn because I had, I mean, that's the cool thing about dietitians is we have such a strong science background we can kind of dabble in it. Yeah, anything. that we can pick up. I could go in and learn really easily mm-hmm. um, from the science perspective. And it sounds like you really taught yourself. Like you really tried to dive in and teach yourself as much as you possibly could know. Absolutely. About, and guiding yourself on continuing education that way yeah. to focus And I more was on networked that. with all the other worksite health promotion practitioners in central Iowa. Oh. So it, was, it wasn't difficult for me to reach out and tell me what you're doing in this area or sure. what are some of the best practices? I didn't know there, I didn't know there was a network like that. Well, we used to have the Iowa wellness council in Des Moines. Actually, I was to really, Iowa is a very strong into worksite health promotion. Hmm. Um, unfortunately things have changed a little bit, but back then we had a very strong wellness council with, I don't know, 200 employer members. So wow. there was a lot of networking going on. So you really could tap into Yeah, I wasn't places. alone at all. You weren't alone. Yeah. That would, I, I don't know. That scares me. I don't know if I could have did that all by myself. Oh, I really. <laughs> did you have a staff? Did you have to manage people in those situations either? Or did um, you kind of just. In the employee wellness, no. no. We had a working committee. Um, and yeah, I had, I was in the HR department. So I had support staff. Sure. That I could tap into. But otherwise, we try. It was more of a grassroots. We really tried to build it grassroots so that people would buy into it and it fit your population. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you kind of have to when you have a community like that. Exactly, they're very unique. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) So, what was next for you? Um, that's when I left 
um, oh, well, so one of the gentlemen that I worked with at the medical center was our marketing director. And part of the wellness program, I was always coming up with these crazy wellness challenges. (laughs) And I'd have these great (laughs) ideas, but I didn't have the talent to make it like look professional, like the graphics Uh and all the materials you needed. (laughs) And so I'd go up and Andrew, can you help me? And he loved doing it. Um, But so one day we were sitting in a meeting trying to brainstorm for new program ideas for the wellness program. And he, both of us are like, oh my gosh, we have, we love to do this, but we have so many other things going mm-hmm. on that we really can't. Like, we should be able to go out to the market and buy these. Sure. And so we're like, let's go out and look. And we went out and looked and we're like, oh, they're horrible. We can do better. <laughs> and that is exactly, he's like, we could do this. We could do better. And it was like a light bulb just went off. We're like, we could do this. And we started creating and had this business idea. And by the time uh, we were like six months into it and realized that we had to disclose this business to our employer. Okay. And at that point, both of us were like, we can't not go forward with this because we'll always wonder what if. And so we quit our full-time jobs with really good benefit packages <laughs> and started a company of our own. You did. Yeah. All from creating wellness, wellness. challenges. <laughs> yeah. So just when you think you can't start your own business, you can. You can. Don't be scared to do it, right? Yeah. And then the big recession hit like six months later. So that was like great timing. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Well, you didn't see it coming, so you didn't know. No. So, yeah, we just took the plunge and created Tavi Health, and we're 10 years this summer going strong. That is, I I often wondered how you got to that, to your business now. So let's talk about your business. So you jumped into being an entrepreneur. You had a partner. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's kind of, do you still, and you still have the same partner? Actually, there were three of us that are founded the business and then okay. one of that we bought out one of our partners because things just kind of changed her family situation changed so sure we bought her out and so yeah it's been Andrew and I from the beginning and mm-hmm. our motto is we don't know what we don't know but <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah I mean we're just both pretty laid back and we have spouses that work and have benefits sure. so we could, which is helpful yeah we couldn't have done it without sure. that sure sure um, and we were just dumb enough to try. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that's dumb. I think that's awesome. Well, crazy enough. Crazy. To try. Maybe a little crazy. Crazy. But. I think would probably be best. Yeah. So wellness challenges. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the platform for your business. Yeah. And how, were you obviously you were supplying those to your former employer? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then was that kind of your mainstay for your? business for a while or what that's all we do that's all you do that is all we do so we started off um at that time it was all you know paper challenges where you handed out a tracking form and people tracked how many fruits and vegetables they (laughs) ate or you know whatever you were tracking yeah exactly um and then obviously we've moved into an online situation about four years ago we entered that space um and so yeah we sell wellness challenges to um, health plans to insurance brokers to individual businesses that have employee wellness programs, public health departments, all um, over the country. All over. We do um, not so much these days. In the past, we've done a lot of. Um, I tell people, you wouldn't know it's us that wrote that content, but we're behind. Like a lot of the big health plans will hire us to come up with challenges or content that they need and then they'll white label it so everybody will think it's it's theirs it's theirs and it is theirs but we were behind the creation of it so yeah that's what we do we build a whole business on it that is awesome it's crazy do you always come up with like new ingenious ideas and challenges Oh, yeah. yeah. Andrew and I, whenever we're traveling to a show, you get us in a car for eight hours. You guys, brainstorm session. We get out a napkin, and we just start <laughs> writing on it. That's our that's our thing. We write on napkins, because that's how we started. I like that. And we have all these crazy ideas that we just, yeah. If we're in the car, and 
we're stuck in there for six or seven hours, we, we're very creative. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take to kind of get a client base for you guys then? Longer than we wanted. Longer. Yeah. You know, and when we were developing the business model, um, people kept saying, you know, you have to give it five years. And, you know, I think like every new business owner, you're like, yeah, our idea is stellar. It is not going to take it's us five years. <laughs> and guess what? It really did. Did it take five years? Yeah, yeah, I would say. And I mean, the recession hurt us definitely mm-hmm. getting legs under us, but it's okay. We, we did all right. And, um, a lot of our first clients are still our clients today. Are so they? we think that's. Speaks that, says some, that says something about your business for yeah. sure. So you, you do tell other individuals that maybe decide to do this type of <laughs> adventure in their life that give it, you need to give it time. You do. You do. Because you have to, you know, ours is a brand now. People recognize our brand. But it takes a long time. And to, I mean, technology has made it easier to reach people, the marketing. But it just takes time. And to be the face. I mean, it sounds like you guys travel. Yes, often we do. And go to different types of shows. You yeah, said. we what go kind to. Ex- I mean, we go to a lot of conferences where there's exhibit halls, and we'll be there. And um, is it more for like employers to see what products are out yeah, there available yeah. for their employees and their health and wellness programs? Yeah, but it's important they can put a face. That's kind of the hallmark of Tavi is that we're small, we're nimble, we're when you call, you're going to talk to Andrew or I, um, and you're going to know us. I mean, we know you, you know us. A lot of my clients know my kids' names. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just who we want to be. Sure. That, that reflects our personalities. Did you ever have a time where, um, it sounds like you always kind of had a little business going on, maybe mm-hmm. not as much as you like, but is was there ever a time where there was no business and... <laughs> Where you're like, okay, do we continue this? Do we not continue this? We have asked that question many times have you? in the journey. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. You know, I, I say if there's one thing that I've gained from all of this is that I have much thicker skin now. Because <laughs> um, I've just kind of had to learn to weather those rough patches. Um, and fortunately, I've always been able to, because I'm a dietitian, pick up other things. So when business initially, you know, took a while to get started, well, I had already been teaching at DMAC. Okay. Nutrition So you're classes. also a teacher. Yes. So <laughs> I chunked faculty over there. Okay. And so I just, you know, as a case where can I pick up a few more classes to help pay the bills? Sure. And so I could do that or the project you and I worked on. Sure. That yeah. was, yeah, I, I need a little needed. something else because I'm a dietitian. And those opportunities are out there yeah. for you. Yeah, and that was one thing I would tell people is it was scary to leave a full-time job. But now that I'm out there, I'm like, oh, my gosh, so many doors open that I never knew even existed. Once you kind of got out of that full-time job Yeah, mindset. like I thought I had to have an employer and that that was the only way that I could, you know, could do things. Mm-hmm. And I found out, oh, my gosh, there's a whole world out here of for dietitians if you just go for it. And I think that's a really good message because I think most of us do feel like we have to be employed full-time by an employer. Yeah. And I think sometimes those opportunities are a little bit more formal, you know, like Mm -hmm. your clinical positions, your food service positions, where these other contract positions or part-time positions or different things that are out there. There's a lot of them. There are. There's a lot of grant projects where they're looking for an RD to complete portions of the grant project and Mm -hmm. to be able to just get your name out there people will seek you out if they know you're looking absolutely so that must have happened for you quite often then I had several opportunities yeah that and they were fun projects I loved working on them Mm -hmm. um, which I think is also cool for dietitians because I've never felt like my work is exhausting a drag yeah I've always felt like okay let's get up in the morning and go <laughs> let's do this. something fun to do <laughs> how long have you been teaching oh 15 years you've been teaching a while then yeah and then is it just basic nutrition classes I what teach else are human you? nutrition sports nutrition and fitness leadership oh good well then you get to do some of your yeah sports nutrition and fitness too. yeah that's and exciting. I love it because now I have all the nursing students in my human nutrition class. So I really feel like 
I can make an impact for them because I don't think most of the time nurses get much nutrition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can read it out of a book, but when we can really talk about, well, what if you have a patient that asks this question? How do you answer it? So I feel like it's more than just a nutrition class. I really can work with those nursing students as they're moving through their curriculum. It's like life experience yeah. type. Well, and then you've had that experience working in those environments too, mm-hmm. and that helps you be relatable. Like yeah. you know what kind of questions they're thinking of or what they might be exposed to. So that's really good. Yeah. So you've always been kind of piggybacking your teaching along some with some other projects yeah. with your own business. Uh, when it comes to creating, you know, working with wellness mm-hmm. work sites and people all over the country. How does one go find that business? Is it hard to, do you just get out like your computer and do a search of work wellness in Texas? <laughs> no, I think like for us, one of the best moves that we, uh, we made with Tavi is that we, um, you know, a lot of the membership organizations that are out there, like WellCoa is the Wellness Councils of America. Well, we started doing work for them okay and then they get to know us and then they have these 3,000 members and so they start mentioning us to members that are they're talking to they're looking for different products that we provide sure um and so really trying to network with the wellness councils and things like that to start to get our yeah but it's tough I would say it would have to be tough yeah. But you have to put the work into it, too. You do. Yeah. Yes. Which is very time-consuming without mm-hmm. a ton of rewards sometimes, too. Yeah. 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 We were just joking the other day because we had a client that um, we just signed. And I think we started talking to this client six years ago. So I mean, a six-year sales <laughs> cycle. <laughs> That's a That's marathon. dedication. Yeah, that is a marathon. <laughs> but I mean, for an... You just have to accept that. Sure. It takes a while. Sure. Absolutely. Hopefully not that long, but <laughs> in some cases, yes. If you had to think of one thing for any dietitian who maybe is thinking about starting their own business or, you know, going out on their own, what's, what's a piece of advice or a couple of pieces of advice that you would give them? I would say figure out what makes you unique as a dietitian or your business unique, really unique and authentic. And then let that sell you or your business. Um, Because I think sometimes we try and be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can do celiac, I can do cardiac, I can do this and that. And I think sometimes if you just are really honest about this is where I live. This is what I'm good at. And then do that. The business will come in. Because um, you kind of radiate it then. You're kind of like, it's just part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. And people connect with that. Yeah. So I'd say that's important. And we try and do that with Tavi. Just, you know, we could offer a lot of other products, but we really try and stay true to this is what we do really well. And so while, yeah, we understand you need this, but we're going to send it to somebody else for that. So you even refer out to oh, other people. Oh, all the time. Sure. All the time. But then in, in response, then people refer to us. So mm-hmm. it's a two-way street. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say, too, it's scary, but it's awesome to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. Awesome. Good being your own boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean... Yeah, I'm kind of my boss, but I kind of have these, you know, 500 clients that are my boss. So <laughs> that's the reality is so having one boss, now you have 500. But, but that is, that's kind of true, though, that you still have, you yeah. know, those other people that you're held accountable to. Oh, yourself, yeah. first and foremost, but also your clients as yeah. well. And I like your message about um, not trying to be everything to everybody. Because yeah. we do that. Why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And but we a, do all we the do. time. We do, yes. And I, I told someone that I was talking to, I was like, you don't have to know everything. And I think it's, again, it's a, the caretakers in us. We want to be yeah. able to accommodate everybody. But that's not necessarily 
the best thing mm-hmm. for either person. Well, and I think too, you know, like even even sometimes I feel out of the loop because I don't practice an MNT. I mm-hmm. never have. I've never wanted to. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. But people assume that, oh, you're a dietitian, so you know that. Well, I can go look it up and understand <laughs> it, but I don't know it anymore. <laughs> and, but yeah. I'm but I have to be okay with that, you know? Sure. And I think all of us as we mature, you get you get to that point. Well, and that goes with finding your niche. You knew it from pretty much yeah, from I was day lucky. one. Yeah, you didn't have to figure out that part as some of us do yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. Because we all don't have to be, you know, and working in a hospital or working yeah. in a school nutrition area or those those common internship rotations that yeah. we kind of feel like well, this is it. This is what we're going to end is, up doing. Yeah. And, that's and there's so much more. That's, I love that about nutrition because mm-hmm. there's so much you can do. Absolutely. Was there, has there been anything along your journey that you've, like a job or an opportunity that was surprising or kind of interesting to you that maybe you didn't get, but maybe it was something that you saw along the way? Well, the one that you, well, you're still doing it. Yeah, I am still doing it. <laughs> can you believe that? But that one surprised me because I'd not worked with, school nutrition and quite honestly I mean my rotation in food service all I can think is I had to wear a hairnet <laughs> and know. it was at 5 30 in the morning so I can't Awful. say food service was ever an area that I felt drawn to sure but that one surprised me because I seriously thought you know what if this Tavi health thing doesn't go well I could so see myself doing school programming yeah I could do that because it was fascinating to me so that Surprise me, and maybe I could wear a hairnet, a hairnet for that. if you had maybe. to. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so you think maybe you could have did like a food service director or just? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think that role is changing a lot. It is from even when I was an intern of just the opportunities and grants and education component. And yeah just all that stuff. I think it's very different. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like you. I wasn't too keen on the whole food service thing. So that that project with the academy really changed my mind about it too. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was one big surprise for me. I someone else was talking about um, a project. I can't remember. It was something to do with school though that they were working with um, programming with kind of like a wellness program mm-hmm. in the school, but for the employees of the school and then combining it with the kids. It oh, was cool. Yeah. So it was kind of like starting out there and then they were going to branch out to families and then it was going to be kind of like a whole community kind of wellness program for anyone that's involved with the school. Ooh. So yeah, it was like a newer project that they were very innovative. Kinda getting, yeah. I kind of think so too. So another whole opportunity that, yeah, know, a great role for dietitians. Absolutely. And I like the fact that we don't have to be pigeonholed in just that education piece that you can be a fitness expert or you can be, mm-hmm. um, you know, an expert in something else, but still have that, yeah. like you said, that dietitian back backup plan that you can always kind of go do some contract well, work or. And I always think even though the job might not have required an RD, I always felt like because I had the RD, it got my foot in the door. Sure. It gave me the edge. So I don't think you can go wrong having your RD. Even if you don't think you're going to use it a lot, I still think it speaks volumes for the knowledge and your ability to understand science. And quite honestly, at the hospital, it was, well, you've worked with medical. You can talk their lingo. And that was huge for them. Mm-hmm. And you understood it. Or yeah. you could, or you knew where to look it up and go find it. Exactly. <laughs> I could fake it. You could fake it until you had to know for sure what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that you've been in business so long. That's wonderful. That's encouraging for dietitians to yeah. know that, you know, if you're authentic and you stick with what you know and that you like to be, that there's long life and ups I think and downs. There is, and yeah. So what's your work schedule like? Do you have office hours? <laughs> um, I have the luxury of working from home. That's nice. Um, when we built Tavi, all three of us wanted to make sure that we could continue the company no matter where we lived. And so we've always built it with that flexibility. And so I work from home and, you know, I try and work 
just during the day. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have a son who's still home. He's a sophomore. And so I'm here when he gets home from school. Um, I'm here when he leaves. But I have a lot of flexibility, too. If I want to go work out in the middle of the day, you can. I can. <laughs> but along that same lines, if our workload is high, then I also have to work at night. Sure. And that's kind of, I mean, there's give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm on vacation, I still have my computer. Do I you? Still, I was going to ask. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, there's only two of us, so I can't disconnect. Um, my business partner will pick up a large, fair share of my load, but there's just certain things that only I do. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because you, I can go on three vacations sure. a year if yeah, I want you can to. You as many vacations as you like. Yeah. <laughs> and in the summer, we go to the lake a lot because my in-laws have a um, home at, on Lake of the Ozarks. And I just take my computer with me. And if I'm on a conference call, nobody knows I'm at yeah. Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> That's true. I can't see you. <laughs> I have an hour and then I go back on the boat and the rest mm-hmm. of the day is mine. So that's the beauty of owning your own business. Sure. Do you find it's hard to, maybe in the beginning, was it hard to keep focused and to kind of make sure that you are balancing out work and personal time? It's been harder. Yeah, and it still is. Um, it's harder for me to shut the office door. And transition into home. Home. Because there's always like, well, just one more thing, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to make dinner. Or there's just one more thing, and then I'll go to bed. So it's harder for me to do that rather than personal things don't interfere much with work for me. I don't have that issue. Do you kind of try to like give yourself like some cutoff points? Yeah. Because I think I would have to have like someone knock me over the head and be like, okay, you're done. You need to be done for the day because you could always be constantly. And that's where my husband and son are really good about. (laughs) They make sure. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And and that physical shutting the office door, leave it there. Yeah. That's a good message for anyone that does decide to do their own business and maybe work at home that yeah. you need to. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. I mean, I love working in my PJs some days, but. <laughs> you still have to work. Yeah, you still yes. have to work. Yeah. It's not like you're in there just taking a snooze and <laughs> no. playing words with friends or something. <laughs> Which I'm no good at anyhow. <laughs> So what's kind of like the next steps for you kind of professionally? Are are you happy where you're at? Is there anything that you want to do yet? There's so much yet to do. I don't know if there is, but. I um, am content right now. I think when our son graduates from high school and we get him off to college, I may look for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew and I are very much of the same mindset that we would love to sell our business at some point and each do something else. Just, I don't whatever know why. That Just, is. yeah, whatever yeah. that is. It so. sounds like you have a great partner. Uh, we, yeah, we're very well matched. That you work well together. I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. So I don't know what the next adventure is. I, I have a few ideas. Do you? Yeah. To be continued then. To be continued. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a podcast in there. <laughs> six years again and exactly. see what you're up to. <laughs> Who knows? I always just try and stay open to all the possibilities. Absolutely. Because you never know when they're going to come, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any, I know like as you think about um, advice for mm-hmm. dietitians, mm-hmm. just at any point in their life. Is there something that you, when you have, you have students, so you probably get questions about career and, yeah. um, you know, as a dietitian, what is your advice that you give quite often? Do what you love and the money will follow. And you're a true believer of that. Yeah. 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 I think if you really follow your heart, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot of people that, in your experiences, of people that don't? do what they love yeah I think so I mean and I I think all of us get into a rut sometimes and and it you know the job that suited you five years ago it's okay to not be the right fit now because we're always changing Mm -hmm. so I think just to be willing to explore I think it's very unheard of for people to be at a job for you know back 
60 years ago, people are at a job for 20 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we need to do that anymore because there is so much opportunity. Well, and if you think about how fast everything is changing, maybe the job that I want in five years hasn't even been created yet. That's true. Well, or you might create it. Yeah. (laughs) So how awesome is that? That is, that's very exciting. That's very exciting to think of it that way. So I, you don't know. Go with your heart. don't know what's going to happen. No, you don't. Do you ever get any questions about nutrition from family or friends? Do you, what's your, what do you tell people when they ask you about, you're a dietitian. What do you think I should do? (laughs) Well, and you know me well enough. To know that I'm definitely the non-traditional dietitian. <laughs> um, you know, I just... Or have I get, maybe, has your, your family given up on you, family and friends, saying, eh, we just won't ask her anymore? <laughs> I think they just... I am so much a believer in intuitive eating and health at every size that I think they know that I'm not going to tell you there's good foods and bad foods or that eating this way is better than that way. I'm more all about what's your relationship with food? Let's look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're like, yeah, okay, we're good. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> they check out. They're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, I want you to tell me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And I think they know me well enough to know that that's really not where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get asked a lot of questions. but I'm sure you do. Everybody I try does. and keep it in perspective. And, I mean, as most people know, with my daughter in recovery from an eating disorder, that's really turned life upside down and especially I think being a dietitian that really made me sit back and question a lot of my beliefs and my um, what I thought I knew to be true about nutrition Um, so I'd say over the last year I've transitioned and really tried to follow my heart on about nutrition that I think we put a lot of emotion into it we put we give it a lot of power like it's going to cure everything and mm-hmm. I just as a dietitian I want to just create awareness that it's important but it's just not that important absolutely it needs to be in perspective well and you were a dietitian but then you're also a mom of someone who did struggle yeah. with that identity and that's hard that's hard because you need to separate yourself a little bit. Absolutely. But then you kind of need to bring it back together. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm in that process of... Are you? Rebuilding and rethinking. And I've always been an intuitive eating follower. And I've always promoted that. But now I'm probably more committed to that than I ever was. Mm-hmm. Because I... I mean, we just... That's your personal relationship yeah. with someone. And I, Who means the world to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was an experience I wouldn't wish on anybody. And it's mm-hmm. still going on. It will continue. But it really opened my eyes to, whoa, sure. are we as dietitians causing some of this? Are we as fitness professionals causing some of this? I don't think we're causing it, but I think we're enabling some of it. Sure. I would kind of agree with that. Yeah. So I'm becoming more of an advocate for backing off. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. I think that's a good message. Yeah. And I love reading your daughter's blog. Oh, thank you. She's so, she, I need to meet her. She's so spunky <laughs> and funny. Like I love, she's just, yeah, she sounds like she has a great personality. She does. We love her <laughs> dearly. And that is blogging. I just, I, I love that the, our young people blog. I know middle-aged people blog too (laughs) yeah but I see it as so therapeutic for young people I think that's such a great way for them to express themselves Mm -hmm. and connect with others and tell their story yeah without putting it on you know random things bits and pieces on Facebook and social media sites but it kind of gives you a more complete picture and your daughter's doing well she is you know it's when you're in recovery from an eating disorder, you choose recovery every single day. But she does it, and we support her, and 
That's awesome. I can't say enough about dietitians who work in that area. The dietitians that I interacted with at the treatment center were amazing people. I learned. I did you learn a lot? I joked with them. I should have been getting continuing education <laughs> <laughs> during our time there because I learned so much from them. Because that's not an area I knew. Mm-hmm. Much Most about. of us don't. No, but wow, what a specialty area. Sure. Those people are gifted. So, yeah, I got to and learn. And needed. Oh, very needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someday, let's hope that that's a covered service for <sighs> for <sighs> people because it's just, it's out there and it's definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of advocacy work on that. I knew you were kind of getting more involved with that too. Yeah, trying to really advocate for treatment, payment, reimbursement for eating disorder treatment. That's a huge one. Yeah. And you and I think it's becoming more publicly aware. Yes. I mean there's more people talking and listening and I think that's a good thing too. Well if we if we're aware of how many it affects mm-hmm. it seems crazy that we aren't addressing it. I I agree. I think most individuals have somewhere along the paths of their lives have struggled some way oh yeah and with some type of eating issue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely and the lucky ones make it through and the not so lucky ones need the help yeah mm-hmm. they need treatment and mm-hmm. it completely treatable absolutely completely people have this perception that you can never get over one but that's not true full recovery is so possible if you get treated mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So that's another message I like out there all the time. It's a great message. Yeah. Very good message. And I, I also kind of wondered too, how many registered dietitians are out there living yeah. with those issues? I think there's a very large percent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think it's like the culinary field. I think it people who struggle with eating naturally gravitate to those Absolutely. areas. Um, which is great if they're in recovery. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, it could be such a triggering environment for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I actually went to school with someone that, you know, it just never was addressed. And yeah. my heart just went out to her because I know it was hard for her every day yeah. just to be around food all the time and to talk about food. And mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, now, if we can. Like the the mantra at the treatment center was secrets keep you sick. Hmm. And it's all, you know, eating disorders are all about secrets. And so the more you can just have open and honest conversations, that's why my daughter, I think, is like, she just put it out there. Like, I'm struggling. This is what I'm doing about it. And I'll talk to people about it. And to be able to have conversations so people understand why are you acting that way? Well, it's because it's a really bad day. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I think, like, your friend, to have been able to have Talk. conversations about it might have been very helpful. Mm-hmm. That's great that your daughter, have people reached out to her to, yes, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing how many people will reach out to her and, you know. And she can't help people. She's not no. in a place to be able to help, but she can say, this is where I went. This mm-hmm. is where I got help. And she can listen. Yeah. Which is probably the biggest helpful thing that some of those people need. Yeah. Or to know that you're not crazy. There's lots of people that struggle with this. And you can get help. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. You didn't choose it. It's very genetic, biologically, you know. I've read that. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to be ashamed if you have diabetes. You shouldn't be ashamed if you have an eating disorder. Exactly. Just get the help you need. Exactly. That's very true. I need to read more about the genetic composition to that. Yeah, if you read the research, it like there's estimates anywhere from 50 to 85% they think is genetically linked. Mm, that's a lot. Yeah. It's like getting your nose from your mom or something. I mean, like it's it, very much yeah. the same, another feature. And- but it helps the person in the family to know that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the mom's fault. Like we always used to blame the mom for sure, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. For her dieting practices when she was. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. a contri- you know that sure. could be that a trigger could build, that could build on it. But if you already have the predisposition, mm-hmm. maybe there was nothing that could have prevented it. We don't know. Huh. 
See, we all need continuing education on this. I know. Like every year, kind of like our ethics CEU, we should probably have a an eating disorder CEU. Oh, well. There's a lot of issues we probably I need know, continuing on. I know, I know, forever, forever and ever. Well, I love that you have been such a positive. You've been just been a positive for that message just in Iowa, I think, too, and, wow. and seeing your daughter, you know, working on it and doing well, that's... That's awesome. It yeah. says a lot about you, too. Well, y'all, our family really wants to take what we learned and make it a positive for somebody else. Pay it so, forward. Yeah, you got to figure out, why did we go through this? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. something we're supposed to be taking forward. Exactly. So. Oh, I love that message. Well, I'm gonna, I'll actually put her blog on um, her site on our Oh, that little, would be awesome. That would be, we could put it on this for the podcast. So if anyone's listening, I'd like to read her blog. Her name's Jillian. She's gorgeous and she's in college and she's hilarious. So <laughs> she has great messages for everyone to listen to, to hear. So, well, I have some fun questions for you. Now that you've answered all these serious questions okay. and shared all this I like fun. one fabulous stuff with me, what is your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Always has been. <laughs> when you travel, I'm sure you get to experience some fun, different pizzas across the country, huh? Oh, I don't, like, it doesn't matter what kind you or like where. It. I like any kind. If I was stranded on a desert island, I would make pizza. <laughs> Do you make it at home, too? I make it. I buy it. I, yeah. I don't know why. I just love pizza. <laughs> That's always, awesome. Always have. <laughs> Is there a food that you don't care for? Hmm. I'm kind of a texture person. So like mushrooms, anchovies, mm. those kind of foods, I don't. They're not on your pizza. No. <laughs> oh, that would be bad pizza. No. But yeah, I would say it's more about the texture. texture. Sometimes I get kind of, that's a turnoff for me. Totally understandable. Yeah. Do you have a favorite drink? You're thinking alcoholic. Either one. You can do non-alcoholic or alcoholic. <laughs> Whatever it trips your trigger. <laughs> I, Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi. Yeah. I just don't. I have migraines, so I don't drink. Oh. I don't. Sure. Drink alcohol much at all because, it, yeah, it's just no just fun. Just day after. Chemistry. Yeah. yeah. So I would, anybody who knows me knows I like my Diet Pepsi. She's got some sitting on the table right now. I do. <laughs> Ever since I've known you, it's like, I think you've always had a Diet Pepsi. I know. Near or in at least a I, radius of yourself. I have tried to like coffee. I try and try and Do you try. really? Why do you keep trying? Because I think, well, <laughs> I, like the, I like the caffeine. I sure. am just a little bit of a caffeine person that mm-hmm. way. So that's why I like Diet Pepsi, I think. Gotcha. But so I always think coffee would be better. It's not carbonated. It doesn't have the NutraSweet in it. And so I'll try it, and then I'll be like, Ugh. It is such a vast difference from Diet Pepsi to coffee, though. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. And I tried all the flavors, and I just can't make myself can't like it. it. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe in 80 years you'll like coffee. I'll be at the nursing home drinking Diet Pepsi. <laughs> You never know. There might be a new soda that comes out by there then might be. that you might like better. There might be. <laughs> Do you have a favorite smell? Lilacs. Lilacs. They're coming. I know. Do you have some in your yard? No. No. You no. need to get one of those. I know. But they kind of grow like weeds. They do. That kind of drives my husband crazy. Yeah. He likes controlled things. (laughs) He likes things. Well, maybe you could put it in a pot or something. Maybe I could. So if your kids are listening, maybe they could get you a nice lilac in a pot for Mother's Day. Good idea, girls. (laughs) Lilacs always remind me of May Day, and I love May Day. Oh, yeah. So that's why I think I really just love them. I love May Day, too. Yeah. And not many people celebrate May Day. I know. I know. I actually have some kids in my neighborhood, and I will take them May Day baskets, and then they give me May Day baskets. It's so cute. Yeah. Now, did you do the Maypole growing up? Yes, we did. Yes. Yes. I loved that, and I can't, like, you don't see Maypoles anymore. (laughs) We did it in in PE class. We did, too. Yes, we We need to bring that back. We should bring that back. That's coming up, too. <laughs> I know. Maybe we probably we- won't get to it this year. <laughs> okay, maybe like 2018. Yeah. We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you joy in your life? 
Oh, my kids. Your kids. Well, family. I can't yeah. leave out my husband and my cats. And your cats. But yeah. Family. <laughs> Everyone in this house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what brings me joy. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I always love seeing you and hanging out with you. And like I said, five years, six years, we might have to do another one to see where you are at. Or where you're at. Or maybe both of us will mm-hmm. have a reconnection. All right. Sounds okay. good. Thank you. Tanya is one of those people who grabs life by the horns and goes after it since day one of her undergrad. She inspires me to stay true to yourself and your decisions because they often always lead you in the right direction. I am very thankful for our conversation today and I'm excited to be collaborating with her again. And I hope you also got something great out of this conversation with her. If you love popcorn as much as I do, please don't forget that delicious Jolly Time popcorn is available in a variety of flavors. Head on over to jollytime.com for more information and coupons. Why I love Dalman Stroopwafels is because they are baked with care and a lot of love, using only natural ingredients and containing no artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, or trans fat. You can find them on Facebook at Dalman Stroopwafels U.S., and on Twitter at Dalman's US. I would love for you to head on over to AnnaElizabethArty.com where you can catch up on my weekly wisdom blog where I share all of my adventures with life, food, my workout music, and maybe a recipe or something new that I have found and love. My book is also available for purchase and you can find all my previous podcasts, show notes and links to things we talked about during my conversations with my favorite people. Please connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. And my friends, remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.